Hello and welcome to the My First Five Years podcast. I'm Alastair Bryce-Clegg. And I'm Jenny Johnson. We're early years experts and the founders of My First Five Years, an activities and child development app for parents. And this is the podcast that will help you to find some of the joy in parenting and ditch some of that guilt and worry. It's literally our passion, helping parents get rid of that anxiety and have so much more fun. Today we're going to be talking about the thing that is grandparents, which can be a joyful addition to your parenting journey, but also it can be a little bit of a pain in the backside. (laughs) Alistair, you cannot say that. It's the truth. (laughs) And obviously we are aware that not everybody will have grandparents or parents in their life. Some of them won't be connected to their parents, and of course some people's parents are no longer here. But we're going to talk about the role that grandparents can have in supporting you on your parenting journey, and also the role they can have in supporting your child on their learning journey. But we are also going to be realistic about some of those challenges that you alluded to in a rather rude way before, Alistair. Well, kind of grandparents, you can't live without them, but sometimes you just can't live without them. So whilst we've acknowledged that not everybody will have grandparents, the rest of the podcast is going to be talking about grandparents. So that doesn't just mean biological grandparents, I suppose. No, it means that people from that generation. So it's what that generation can bring both in terms of support to you, but also in their knowledge and experience of the world and how that can be valuable for your children. So hopefully somebody can go and borrow a grandma or a granddad. Yeah, or somebody from down the street or your neighbour or an auntie or an uncle. I mean, not just anybody from down the street. (laughs) No, I mean, obviously. (laughs) Somebody you know. yeah. It being someone you trust. That generation who can just add a different view of the world to maybe one that you've got as a parent. Brilliant. Alistair, let's start with why grandparents are so important in a child's development. Well, I think we kind of alluded to it before. The fact that when your parents had you and you're in the phase that you're in now where they're bringing up children and it's all very about the family then you step outside of that because your children leave home so your view on life is different you've lived a life a bit you've got a bit more of a relaxed pace and also they're a viewer that sees your parenting from outside and that can be really valuable because they can give you insights into your parenting and your relationships with your children that you don't see because you're in it but that's also the bit that can be really annoying because there's nothing worse than some volunteering information about how you should be parenting your child. And Although I think, I think that is a universal truth, whether that's is. a grandparent or not, there's nothing worse than people <laughs> offering unsolicited advice. But grandparents tend to enjoy offering that advice whether you want it or not. In my day. Yes, exactly. Well, I wouldn't have done that. And I think one of the things that'll be a thread to this podcast will be communication. And I think, and sometimes that communication is really easy and sometimes it's not so easy, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to things like what you feed your children, how you discipline your children, mm-hmm. and some views that grandparents may have around the world in general, gender roles particularly, that aren't helpful when it comes to you and your child. But we'll explore that in a little bit more depth and give you some strategies about how you can approach some of those conversations and also a bit of science that can back up some of your arguments. So building on that, why are we celebrating them today? What do grandparents do best when they're at their best? So I think grandparents or a grandparent figure helps to build your family networks. You know that saying about it takes a village to raise a child? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is some truth in that and a lot of myth, but the idea that the more people you've got helping and supporting you, 
and that will help you then to support your child. So they're not only good for your mental health and well-being, but also good for your child's. And they have a different perspective and they have a different view. I think as well, many of us will have really, really fond memories of our grandparents. Yes. I know I certainly do. I um, None of them are still here today, but I have such fond memories of all of my grandparents and just feeling cherished and adored and, and sort of that unconditional love that I felt from them. Yeah, I think me too. And that's ideally what you want to feel. And also we know from attachment theory that when children develop what we call attachment networks or having an attachment to significant carers that are outside of their parents, grandparents or people in the grandparent role can be really important in that because they raise your self-esteem. Like you said, they make you feel cherished, they make you feel valued. And all of those feelings are really important for your mental health and well-being going forward. I've got some funny stories of my gran in particular. She was really proud of any minor achievements, <laughs> no matter how minor it yeah. was. And she'd sort of brag about them to anyone that had listened. And they also remember having sort of toe curly moments as well but it was all from a good place yeah having said that I've just spoke about my memories I don't think my kids would have the same memories of their grandparents three of them are no longer there for them either but also that just um, they had to work till a lot lot older and actually didn't have that opportunity to spend that regular quality time so I think not every well we know that not everybody has the experience that I've just talked about even my own children yeah and I was lucky enough to grow up very close to all of my paternal and maternal grandparents mm -hmm. in a small village mm -hmm. and I know that for my boys for example their grandma lives in Edinburgh so she's a million miles away so mm -hmm. just logistically they yep. don't see them on the regular basis that we did but also I think it's really important to have a realistic expectation of what your parents are going to be as grandparents mm -hmm. because they didn't ask for grandchildren or some might but I mean I do regularly <laughs> Although my girls rightly tell me to do one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you made the choice to have children, I think sometimes as well we think and there's this idealistic expectation that grandparents are going to get really heavily involved. And I remember friends of ours where their mum used to have their kids two days a week. So that was two nights of sleep. And mm -hmm. then they would go and pick them up and mm -hmm. they'd pick up and drop off at school. And that's not the experience for everybody, but no. nor should it necessarily be mm -hmm. because for those grandparents, they've raised their own family and maybe they're deciding they want to have a life now that doesn't involve looking after your children. But realistically as well, when I speak to my auntie who's now um, 70 and she has her first grandchild that's one, she absolutely adores spending time with the grandchild but recognises she only has the energy to do it every now and again. Yeah. So I think her little routine is a once a week thing and every now and again if it's more, she'll do it but it's absolutely exhausting because she wants to give that amazing experience to a granddaughter but also knows her energy is not there Absolutely. as it used to be when she was younger so we do have to be realistic about what we ask of our parents and, and communicate yeah. and talk about you know when we have this baby when this baby comes along how involved do you want to be and you might not necessarily get the answer that you want yeah probably won't if people are being honest well yeah but far better to have that conversation and have a realistic approach to what's going to happen than resent your parents for not giving you what you thought they were going to give you yeah and i think i'd rather have that one day like my auntie can give that's that really exceptional yeah, day special. she looks forward yeah. to it she gears herself up for it she has an early night the night before <laughs> and goes to bed yeah. and has a really good night's sleep after but that day is such a special day for them both but if it was an every day of the week thing or you know too many days of the week and she didn't have that energy I guess it would be a different quality experience as well for both yeah it kind of leads into a question that we've had from a listener. So this is about grandparents that take a less hands-on approach. So this listener called Jane has said, 
She would like her parents to be more involved and doesn't know how to broach it with them. She does also mention that they don't live nearby. It's a really tricky one because it's a, it could potentially be a really difficult conversation because what you're basically saying to your parents is, I don't think you're involved enough in my children's lives. Mm-hmm. And they might be really taken aback by that or turn around and say, well, I didn't choose to have your children. Mm-hmm. I have a life of my own. So I think for you, it's been clear about what your expectations are and are they realistic? Mm-hmm. So is it about the fact that you think, you know, in this case, they live far away. Do you want a weekly Zoom call? Is that what you're talking about? The fact that you want just a more regular connection, even be it with a time frame around it on a regular day where they kind of Zoom call at tea time on a Thursday. You have a quick, because also what you find is in those Zoom calls, your children get very disinterested. You think it's going to be this idyllic time where your parents read stories over Zoom and actually like, I hire grandma, I hire granddaddy, I'm off to watch the telly now. It's so true. Certainly with younger children in, in nursery, we often used to talk about an attention span that you could realistically expect from a young child and it's really short so don't expect them to sit on an hour and you know have a chat but another thing you can do is to get your children to do things like and I know letter write in these days children like what's a letter what's a pencil but things like send a postcard write a letter draw a picture whatever ask the grandparents a question start a dialogue that's starts in a fun way, in a productive way, in a way that shows some like love and emotion as opposed to you saying, I wish you spoke to my kids more. Get your kids to say, should we have a Zoom call or I did this today? And that begins a conversation because sometimes for some parents, they just they need a reminder or they need an in mm-hmm. because they might not think just to pick up the phone or just to make that call. But if they receive a letter or an invitation or a text or whatever it may be, it's sometimes just the catalyst that gets that conversation going. Yeah. And my children are older now. And I know that my dad often talks about the fact he finds them quite difficult to find common ground to, to speak with them about. So I think trying to find that common ground would be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Another thread that's coming through in the questions is when parents and grandparents have a difference of opinion about child rearing. So maybe we can pick out some of the common issues and how we could tackle those. Yeah, I mean, the word common is a really good one. I don't think there's any parent-grandparent relationship that hasn't had to have some kind of conversation about some decision at some point. Because obviously your parents are parenting from their parenting preference and habit Mm -hmm. and also from a different generation. So I think there are things that we know now about child development that will influence our attitudes as today's parents that Mm -hmm. our parents don't know. And why should they? Because they've not just had children. Well, and also science and research maybe haven't even been done Well, exactly, and it's changed. But then there are also decisions that you might find your parents make about just things that they think are helping or things that they think should be happening that aren't, and they just go ahead and feel empowered to make that decision. So there are kind of two things here. One is... Having the conversations about things, aspects of parenting that are important to you. So what your children eat being a primary one Mm -hmm. around things like sweets, sugar, all that kind of stuff. Behaviour management. Do you want your parents using the naughty step? Do you want your parents to give your child a sharp tap on the back of the legs if they feel they're stepping out of line? Mm. All of these things are common things that our listeners and our app users talk to us about. That Then it's really hard. Say, for example, 
your parent has given your child a, a sharp tap on the back of the legs. It's a really difficult conversation to have, but it's a really important one to have. I don't think I would find that conversation difficult. In fact, I think I'd be seething. Well, that's why it's difficult because you there's a lot of emotion attached to that. And then you get yourself into a situation where you are really angry with your parent for making that choice. Yeah. So what you were trying to do is to put the firm foundations down about what you want as a parent and be clear as to why that is. And then if they step out of line or do something that you don't want, you can go back and say, but we talked about that. Yeah, that whole line of it never did you any harm. And you're thinking, yeah, tell my therapist that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very common one. But yeah, even things like sweets after meals, all that kind of stuff, how much television you want them to watch. Mm -hmm. So I think partly it's not assuming that your parents, because they're your parents and you love them, are on the same wavelength that you are. I think they're highly unlikely to be, to be honest, in most cases. And you're bringing a partner into the mix. So your parents parented you to their parent and preference, but you and your partner, if you have a partner, will also be bringing all of your parenting experience in and your views on the world and your views on sugar and what you know about child development. So you can't expect your parents to be able to be mind readers. So have those conversations early doors. Like what's your expectation of being a grandparent? And also when... It's difficult because before your children are born and after your children are born, your views can also change. Yep. So, you know, have some thinking about it before your children are born. But when it comes to the point of care and they're looking after your child, that's when you say, right, at the moment, this is what we're doing and this is what we think. So we've talked there about things we can be proactive about, the, the obvious things that are likely to, you know, either have a difference of opinion or a shared opinion, but just this is what we're thinking, this yeah. is how we're doing things. What about the random things that come up that you couldn't have possibly anticipated? Oh, somebody we've had- <laughs> was telling me the other day about their, a friend of theirs whose mother-in-law cut the child's hair without permission so you, you drop your child Ooh. off with one hair style pick them up with another pick them up with another okay and again they were absolutely furious that this mother-in-law had done this without discussing it first mm-hmm. and again that's when you're getting into kind of family relationships and it's complex because you would hope that wasn't done out of malice you would hope it was like even somebody thinking oh they've not had time to get that poor child's hair i'll cut. do that for them yeah. yeah 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 oh but then you've got views like i mean my boys at some points all had long hair. And I remember my dad saying, why are you letting the boys have the hair that long? But I think he really felt that we wouldn't choose for boys to have long hair. And he yeah. probably would have whipped it off if he'd had the chance. <laughs> so it's sometimes, again, about having those discussions. But that's not always going to be possible. Some things will happen that just unexpected not pre-thought of and and how you're going to deal with it you manage that managing your own emotions and also just trying to get the nub of you know was it done with good intent Mm -hmm. in which case you know easy to ask for forgiveness or was it done with another reason behind it in which case that probably needs further exploration a slightly more judgy reason yeah which could be more than possible I know feedback we've had from loads of our parents that use the app is that a lot of the content, a lot of the sort of short articles that we share in the app are brilliant for sharing with other carers. Um, And what it does is give the the why. But instead of trying to articulate that yourself in a conversation, which can sometimes become a bit feisty, it's just have a read of this. This is what we believe in. You know, this is why we're doing it. And parents have found that really useful as a tool just to have a read of this and let's have a chat yeah what we give you is it in quite a chatty format but also the science behind it so if anybody's you know saying well where are you getting this from who's telling you this yeah. you're able to say well actually 
and, and you can say things have moved on massively since we were little. We know loads of things now that we didn't know. Yep. And this is what the kind of science and research is recommending is going to be best. And which grandparent wouldn't want to do the best for their grandchild? Yeah. And also we've had grandparents using the app that say they absolutely love it because on the day that they're looking after yes. their grandchildren, they can nip on and get some ideas of activities to do. And they're really, really simple. The things that they're likely to have in the kitchen cupboard or outside in nature. And it's just, you know, making sure that those times that are spent together are really good quality as well. And also it means that when the grandchild is picked up at the end of the day, they can say, did you know they were doing that? And I saw them do this today. And do you know what that's all about? So it's making grandparents feel really clever as well. So they're not just childcare. They're also able to like inform parents about how their grandchild is developing. Yeah. And I think we've talked a lot about when grandparents have grandchildren as carers, but also what we haven't discussed is how valuable it is just to have grandparents as part of your family network and those ace times that you can have as a family when you're all together in the same space, just sharing the joys and the ridiculousness that often comes with that family dynamic. I think as well as grandchildren get that little bit older and they can articulate that special relationship it is lovely to hear them talking about their grandparents and what they've done for them and the crazy little things they can do with them that they don't necessarily be able to do with their own parents it's just and also the things that that come out that my boys will talk about things they did with either you know their grandparents or their grandparent figures that we knew nothing about but they absolutely loved having that little secret and there's nothing better than playing a game of pie face with your 75 year old granny where she doesn't know she's going to get splattered in the face with some shaving foam so they're really good sports grannies feels clear to me that having this relationship in your child's life is really enriching for everybody. So I think my takeaway from listening to everything is if if you don't have one, go find one. Yeah, find (laughs) find a grandparent from somewhere. Find an elder from somewhere that's... uh, And, you know, just try and have some clear conversations that don't have to be emotional just about who you are as a parent, what your expectations are for parenting, so you can make sure that you align. So to celebrate grandparents, let's acknowledge five things grandparents bring to young children's lives. One, they bring a life that's been lived, which brings with it lots of wisdom. My number two is kind of building on that. Some of the stories that they tell, I just love to listen to them and I think the children do too. Number three, they bring an objective view because they exist outside of your four walls. Number four, they break up the routine for the children. It's something that children typically get excited and look forward to. And number five, because the different sort of bond they can have with your child really helps to build their well-being and resilience. Thank you for listening and do get in touch if you've got any questions for us or if there's something you'd like us to talk about on this podcast. You can post questions on our Facebook community or on Instagram. You'll find us at My First Five Years with the five written out. If you want more tips around parenting in the early years, you can download the My First Five Years app from the App Store, but also you can get this podcast direct to your feed by pressing the follow button on your Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.